Hi, I'm Will Roadhouse, and I'm the CEO of Roadhouse International and Compass Group International. And welcome to another episode of the 10-Minute Expat Thailand Edition. Today, I want to talk about a very important subject, and it's a challenge and a continual problem that many expats really encounter, which is trying to find a competent real estate professional in second world countries. And the reason why I say second world countries is, is because when you look at the profession as a whole, so I'm American, and if you look at the United States, you look at Canada, uh, different parts of the UK, Australia, New Zealand, when a individual wants to dive into the real estate profession, there are a number of federal and state requirements. So for an example, in the United States, if you want to become a realtor or a real estate professional, or should I say a licensed real estate professional, you have mandatory classes that you have to take. And usually to complete these classes can take anywhere from about three weeks to a month. Then in addition to that is you have to pass their in-house exam. Then once you completed that, you sign up and then you have to take and pass the federal exam and the state exam. And then and after then, you will become a licensed real estate professional. And if you want the designation of a realtor, then you have to take a couple more classes and then obviously pay a fee and you have that nice designation. But one of the things about first world nations that actually regulate this profession, they also require just like doctors and just like attorneys, a requirement of continuing education every year, every two years, depending on what state you're coming from and depending on which country you live in. That comes to a tremendous problem that I've always encountered in second world nations, especially in Latin America, uh, Europe, and also Asia. Asia. Asia and Latin America are notorious for having not just bad real estate professionals, I wouldn't call them professionals, they're just flat out freaking suck. They are horrible. So let me explain to you the nightmare stories and how to kind of look for these characteristics and then once you see them, just stay clear away from them. Number one, the problem with most real estate professionals in the second world nations is, number one, they have very few of them have ever sold at home. They have no experience in actually selling real estate, marketing real estate, doing anything with real estate. Most of these individuals are older, so I'll give you a good example. Uh, you want to buy a house in Costa Rica, and obviously you don't speak Spanish. So you start uh, hunting the web for nice homes in Costa Rica, and you see a couple listings, and then you email them because you're looking for someone who can speak English. These real estate professionals that are working in these countries, they probably went to Costa Rica as a vacation, and they said, hey, this place is great, but I don't really, I don't really want to work that hard. I only maybe want to work one or two days or maybe once a week. So what I'm going to do, I'm going to sell real estate. And in order to sell real estate in these countries, there is zero requirements by the state or their fed for licensing. There's zero requirements for any type of education or continuing education. So there's no regulation whatsoever. So it's basically the wild, wild west. You're taking a crapshoot. And the problem with these 
quote unquote second world real estate professionals is they're like, they're worse than used car salesmen. What you're gonna encounter is if you have a piece of real estate, whether it's in Latin America or in Asia, and you approach these brokers or these real real estate professionals and you want to list your property with them, first of all, they're going to hound you to try to lowball you in getting you to list the properties for as low as possible. They'll give you all sorts of worst case scenarios. Oh, well, you think your home is worth uh, 300,000? No, it's really not. You should be listing the market for like 220 or 200,000. Why did they do that? It's because they're lazy. Because they want an easy sale. Where, for an example, in the United States, it's by law. We have a fiduciary obligation to our client that's a buyer or a seller or both. We have to protect them not just their privacy, but make sure that we are doing everything we can to support them, to make sure that we're giving them the proper information and we're representing them and their properties. And we're not being these little shady little characters saying, you know, like a used car salesman, no, 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 you, that's, it's, it's way too high what you're asking. You need to be at this price because they're just flat out lazy. I have encountered more lazy real estate professionals in Latin America than anywhere else in the world. And I would say Latin America is also the home of not just the laziest real estate professionals that I've ever encountered, but also the most incompetent real estate professionals. Uh, second, I would say is Asia. Asia is notorious for that, especially if you're working with a Westerner expat, uh, they're just flat out lazy. And if you're working with a local that can speak English, they're gonna to try to lowball you, they're gonna to try to list a property for super cheap, and they're just also flat out lazy. Uh, they just wanna put it on their website. What they wanna do is gather as many listings as they can because they don't have a multiple listing service like in the United States or any sort of tools like that. We have a, a um, community of listings Instead, these countries have to create a website and they put their listings on these websites. And all they want to do is just basically have bragging rights and showing as many listings as they can. And, they're, and they're, they just don't work hard. They don't make the effort. They take horrible pictures. It's just shocking to me. Shocking to me. So uh, I have a client and uh, we were looking at um, properties between a million and a half to two million that, that are oceanfront. And as I was looking for these, my wife and I are looking for these properties and, and, and other salespeople that work for us, I was shocked. I would say 95% of the listings that my team sent to me for me to review, 90% or more of these high-end listings, these lazy real estate professionals can't even make an effort to take a good picture. A plain, simple thing. Real Estate 101. If you have a listing, take professional photos. If you don't have a professional camera, hire a professional. Because that's what you're supposed to do when you're representing a client. You're supposed to do everything and absolute anything you can to make sure that you're documenting everything about that property and then releasing it to the public. I see pictures, literally, of probably phones that are probably 10 years old no one uses wide-angle lenses. Um, 
I see even properties. So, so as a broker, one of the most important things is when you do a walkthrough of a listing, you want to make sure that the house looks nice. And so you want to, you want to tell the owner, okay, we got to clean this up. We got to clean this up. And if they're not willing to do it, you do it. You're supposed to do it because that client is paying you a high commission to take on their listing. And if they don't want to clean, for an example, they don't want to get a maid to come in and clean the place up, then you do it. I have seen listing after listing in Thailand and also parts of uh, different parts of Southeast Asia and also Latin America where the pictures show rat poop, rat feces. I kid you not. Patios that are unclean, filled with pigeon poop. It's just, it re, it's ridiculous. It gives people like myself and my team that are competent uh, a really bad name. So please be careful. Uh, these, you know, they're, they're, like I said, they're smoother talkers than used car salesmen. Uh, they overpromise and underdeliver. And one of the worst things that I've always encountered, especially uh, in obviously encountered when I first moved to Thailand, is having a realtor keep arguing with me, telling me what I want, but he's telling me I don't want that. And also not giving me, not showing me the right properties that fits my parameters, but instead showing me properties that pay a higher commission. That happens everywhere in the world, even the United States, but it happens more in second world developing nations than any part of the world. They will always show you properties that pay the highest commission, not what the client wants. That is horrible. I mean, in the United States, if you were to do that, you would get sued. The other thing too is once, sorry about that, I got cut off, but they want to rush the process. They want to keep rushing the process and, and get you to uh, buy something as fast as they can in a, in a development that has the pays the highest commission or listings that pay the highest commission. And then once they give you the keys, adios, you'll never hear from them again. Never. And that's one of the things of how we differ from other brokerages. Well, also because we hate, we cater to a higher net worth clientele that requires more. But we do the same exact thing uh, regardless of what the price point is. Because I know what it's like from moving from foreign country to foreign country. I know what it's like to be new in a country. I know simple things can be so difficult like turning on electricity, getting internet, uh, figuring out, uh, getting the lay of the land, figuring out where the typical stores are, just a simple tour. Uh, what else? Uh, other things like uh, recommending a good immigration attorney, recommending a good bank, or even providing banking services, or even the simple thing like trying to get a driver's license or finding a car. I remember in the past, uh, I've emailed brokers that have sold me homes asking for these kind of things, never, never returned my message. And that's how you're really going to distinguish the difference between a good brokerage and a bad brokerage in an expat haven. We go over and beyond. It's, you know, once we've educated our client, make them feel comfortable, even our clients. I mean, over this last year, we've made a ton of transactions that are uh, sight unseen. Uh, we closed a bunch of properties since the beginning of the year, sight unseen. 
uh, these individuals and these families are coming in a few months or later or sometime this summer. So these properties, we're not going to just, just mail them mail them the deed and the keys and say, okay, goodbye. No. Since they're not here, it is our obligation, because we've made a big commission on that, to make sure that the properties are constantly clean. It's just part of our service. So, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, if you're not going to be here for two to three more months, or even four or five months from now, then would you like us to have your home cleaned at least once a month? We will do that for you. Just part of our service. Or would you like us to rent your properties? Because we can find a great property manager and we can have it rented for you. And then in addition to that is when the clients come into town, we give them the grand tour. We show them how to work their public transportation. Where are the great places to go? Because we've already established a rapport with our clientele. We know what their likes are favorite type of food, a favorite type of entertainment. So we're going to show them where to go. We're going to be their own personal tour guides. And then we're going to turn on electricity, the internet, uh, help them uh, get their cell phone service uh, up if necessary by recommending a good service provider. Uh, if they need really high-speed internet, for example, if they're high-speed traders, uh, we can recommend a couple of service providers. If they want to get, for an example, like a Thai League visa or a work permit or even open an L a Thai LLC, we do all that for them. Well, we don't, we refer them to the right people. We don't just leave them high and dry and tell them to figure it out. Because it's scary coming to a new country. Or it can be scary because there are so many things. Even simple things like furnishing your home. We will show them, okay, well, here, if you want to go to Ikea, here's Ikea, but there's another alternative, which is similar type of furniture Ikea, but half the price, and it's called Living Index. Let's take you there, too. That's why you have to be very, very careful when you're coming to a new country and you're either buying a property or even if you're already a country and you're going to list a property with a broker. How fast does it take for them to get back to you? We usually respond because obviously the majority of our buyers are coming from the United States. We usually respond within 8 to 12 hours, sometimes immediately. But sometimes, you know, when I'm inquiring about properties, like I see a, a nice listing that maybe a client of mine might be interested in, I don't hear from them two to three days. And you know what they're doing? They're probably golfing. They're at the beach. They're vacationing. They have zero sense of urgency. And then when you ask them questions, because when you're going to a new country, you're going to have a lot of questions. So when you ask them questions, it's always like two cent, like, like a one sentence reply. Instead, what we do to make sure that we're answering the questions in detail, I normally, and my team, I, I tell them to leave a voicemail. Send the clients a voicemail because when they hear your voice and they hear a detailed answer, that makes them feel more comfortable. Not just writing a couple of sentences. So please be careful, folks. Like I said, Thailand is definitely a paradise like no other, but it can be an absolute nightmare if you're working with a wrong real estate professional. And it's not just Thailand, it's every second world country.
We'll see you soon.